0: Welcome to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Marilee Blair. Let me be your positive light to help you reach your highest potential and put you in an empowered frame of mind every episode. It's time to get excited for our lives and be in charge of designing our happiness every single day. Let's go. Welcome back to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm extremely excited to have such an inspiring woman filled with positive energy and so much love on the show today. Lena Castellano has been a teacher for more than 11 years and has been in the fitness industry as a personal trainer for more than 15 years. As an educator and trainer, she has made a difference in so many of her students' and clients' lives. She is focused on personal growth, she continues to educate herself by always learning new skills, sharing her positivity with the world, and is always researching what she can to maintain a nutritional diet while focusing on staying in the best shape of her life. She is going to share some important lessons with us today to help you on your way to becoming the healthiest and happiest version of you. Lena, thank you so much for being part of the show today and being such an inspiration to my life. Welcome to the show. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to yeah. partner with you on this. So Lena, let's start the show with your favorite positive, inspiring quote. So my inspiring
1: quote that I always go to is by Maya Angelou, of course, and it's nothing can dim the light which shines from within. Oh. So that is by far one of those that always like pierces my soul. And it's something that that's one of my daily reminders is like, and it helps me really understand like I'm in charge of me.
0: Yes. Yes. And that nothing can diminish you. Like you can do what you're set to do for your day. If you just keep that in your mindset. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. We're starting the show with that positive burst. Absolutely. Nothing will dim our light. And How do you feel that you've designed happiness in your life, Lena? You know, I would
1: say that it's how I designed it by lots of failures, you know, and being able to adapt and trying to be solution minded when, you know, you feel like everything you're trying is not working. So just reevaluating. But for me,
0: the important part is just learning from my failures. And that you can keep going. Absolutely. So it, it, it won't destroy you. It's just that lesson that you can continue to keep going. And it's not a negative that you can turn it into a positive. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even if I have, you know, eight fails and two
1: wins, like it's learning how to celebrate those v- wins and having all of those, you know, li- little victories add up to really big wins. I love that. I
0: love that. So you appreciate both sides of it. Absolutely. And tell us how long you've been a teacher and a personal trainer. So my
1: personal training journey started about fifteen years ago, um, and now my teaching journey has been about eleven years ago. Um, some things have gone hand in hand, and other things have been completely different. You know, both in those realms, um, both of them brought me that because in my personality is I'm a person of service, so. In my core, I, my happy place is knowing that I can help other people. And if that's, you know, changing how they feel about them from their body to now educating them and hopefully giving, you know, them that reassurance that maybe we didn't have as kids growing up, I think is is just beautiful.
0: Yes, it is. It's, it's, and it's nice that you look at it that way too. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, you want to service people and you want to help people. It's not just, oh, I'm doing right. this to make money, you know, right. or I'm just doing this to get by, you know, you're doing it because you have that passion and Absolutely. because you really do feel that you are a servant for others to help right. them too. No, exactly. Yeah. No, I, that's exactly how I feel. And, how did you get into personal training and why is fitness so important to you? Um, I got into the fitness industry because I
1: wanted to stay consistent with my own exercise. Exercise has been so beneficial to me. My entire life, you know, has been my best friend, my antidepressant, you know, a plate, you know, a place where I can grieve. So, exercise for me has helped out in so many different areas of my life that it was really important to be connected to that because I knew how big it can be for others who maybe were just struggling and just scared. So I wanted to always provide people with a safe place and a comfortability that, you know, you don't have to look like everybody else to come into the gym. You can just look like you and feel like you. So I went in there to kind of kind of go and make a rumble out of what I thought maybe the fitness industry was, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. want it to be no more about like the catalogs and mm-hmm. what we see in the perspective, you know, the perception that we have of ourselves, especially as women.
0: Yes especially like you know when society's like oh you have to be extremely skinny and you know it's like that's what they're promoting Hollywood right it's Hollywood is like promoting that perception so it's nice that when clients come to you it's like they want to improve certain things but it's not mm-hmm. that they have to look a specific way it's that they just want to be happy with themselves and maybe hit certain fitness goals right. and You know, and I think for
1: a a long time, it's just like,
0: as, as we
1: all have, but I think we all struggle with shame in some capacity. And so being able to like honor that and understand that, I think changes things. And so, like I said, it was just more about finding out what and how we can get to where they were at and kind of, yes, the textbooks are there to guide us and teach us and provide us tools. But I think more of us need to understand that that doesn't work for everyone. Right. We don't have the same story. We don't have the
0: same reason why we want to feel better or look better. Yeah. In yeah. different body types. And yeah, absolutely. So, you so know. it's nice that you can help so many different people with all different fitness goals. Right. From, you know, if it's an athlete to a female male, right. like just so many different body types and different fitness goals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. And then what was it like when you were transitioning from fitness to teaching? Because it's it's similar that you're still teaching, but there's are still different industries, too. All right. Because you went from teaching, you know, for fitness, it's all different clients, but a lot of them are older, you know, adults. And so, but with teaching, you were teaching younger students.
1: Right. Wow. The transition from being a trainer to education. Um I went into SPED, so I was working with, you know, under the umbrella of special education, and I don't think that I would have been able to handle everything that came my way if I didn't have that fitness, you know, mentality in me and understand like these kids are having it hard, but just in a different way. But from a physical and emotional standpoint, I think the transition was a lot easier because I felt like I had already almost like trained for something. I didn't know that was going to be put in my path. Oh, wow. So I felt the transition was easy. I'm Mm -hmm. very fortunate to have really good mentors along the way that came up to me and was like, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You know, your calm presence with these kids, like they need somebody that's going to make them feel good. So, Yes, it wasn't with adults, but in the same capacity, I was there to help them feel good about themselves and find how we can achieve that together. Oh, I love that.
0: I love seeing that. Yeah. I love seeing that <laughs> about you, too, because I feel that uh-huh. you, do, you, you do provide that for people in general. Right. I mean, you provide that for me and our friendship. So, and seeing how you help your clients and your students. So, it's amazing that no matter what you bring, that you in any relationship right. that you have, but you just, you have that service that you want to provide and educate, but you, you bring your love. Into absolutely. It you know, absolutely. I think that if we
1: all moved forward with that and just had a deeper understanding, whether it's training a person for fitness or training mm-hmm. somebody to just be able to focus,
0: right. You know, different challenges, but the same steps to achieve them. And having that patience too, right? Absolutely. Because you probably need to have a lot of patience in both industries, you know, when people are frustrated or children are frustrated in that and to help them focus or, you know, when people are like, oh, I, I, it's so important to me to hit these goals and, you know, getting, getting through that frustration, but you're helping them navigate through that, you know, it's, we're going to get through this together.
1: And that's that building the, you know, resiliency of all of us. You know what I mean? I think we all can work on being a little bit more resilient. You know, sometimes we focus on being <laughs> resilient in the in the areas that maybe don't need so much of our focus in. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, it, it's just we all need help with guiding. We all need a coach in some realm. We all need a teacher in some realm, you know we all need somebody that's going to help us at some point mm-hmm. to navigate us and and just to just be there you know for it all and being you know somebody's biggest fan mm-hmm. and you know when you actually feel accomplished like it's it's you know it's a game changer i think for all of us
0: yes yeah to have that person that is part of it too so Absolutely. sometimes it's yeah. not just you you know, that we have to, it's something that we do have to do for ourselves, but it is helpful to have someone, you know, like you that actually cares, right. you know, and you feel that, oh, she really does want to help me hit my goals or to be focused in this way, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: that. No, it, it's great. Like you said, you
1: were able to explain it beautifully. Like, you know, it just, it warms
0: my heart. It really does. I love this. And I, how did you first realize that teaching was a part of your passion? Uh,
1: I didn't. It was actually, mm. I was at the school that I started teaching at first. Um, a mentor of mine, Kelly, um, she's in my life. I love her. And so she, I didn't know. There's just kids passing, coming and going, and I didn't know that there was a child um, struggling. But I just had a child just like ran up to me and I didn't know this child had escaped from a classroom, was a runner and nobody can talk or speak to this kid. Um, I guess every day was just it was a really hard morning. And for some reason, I was able to just calm this child down in a hallway. I don't believe in coincidence. And so my mentor had seen this and she looked at me and said, this is what you need to do. Like. You don't understand the magic that you have and that you need, you need to be here and you need to share your gift. And this is one of your gifts. And so she actually helped me with what I needed to do. Um, she was like, I am not going to, I'm going to hold you accountable. She was actually my trainer. And that is how I came into education was because of Kelly wow. and because she was just like, no, she's like, this is what you need to do. She's like, you have a call to serve, and this is your calling right now, even if you don't see it.
0: Wow. She saw that in you. And I i just felt that right, right. now from you I know. sharing that. <laughs> I just, I just, like, so you get tears yeah. in my eyes, and I just got goosebumps because how amazing that that child, you know chose you, you right. know, in that sense to if this child is a runner and no one else has been able to get through to this child and you, you know, you were there and, right. that, and you were able to calm this child down. And the fact that she saw that and she saw that in you, it's just amazing because she saw something in you. Maybe you didn't see in yourself before, right. but she knows you so well. And she was like, this is part of your calling. right?" To life and that's just right to the soul and that's
1: exactly what happened she spoke to my soul like she really did she spoke to my soul and I was like there's no question about it like I didn't have doubts Mm. I didn't have questions um I figured you know what let me try you know what I mean like I love being in schools I love teachers like you know, maybe this is going to be a good transition. And Mm. things were so good as far as from like a business aspect in the fitness industry. And I was and I realized like, if I left right now, I'm leaving really good. But Mm. I also thought like, how awesome would that be to leave a little bit of my legacy of what I was able to change where I was and use that as such a stepping stone for the rest of my life? You know, I didn't feel that working where I was, was going to be my forever because I, you know, I had my own opinions with corporate America, you know, gyms versus fitness versus Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do, what was in their guidelines of what I needed to do. So I knew fitness was there and it was more the health part of it. And just being able to translate that and, and leave feeling so good about that and how hard it was. I knew that the next step, like there was something bigger for me. Yes. You know, and, and there,
0: and it was, and there's no looking back now. Yeah. Because you know, you made the right decision right. and you've been so fulfilled by it and you've impacted so many children's lives. Right, And so then what was that process like? So did you, so you went back to school, Yes, right? And you were specific, like, which, what grade were you focused on? And so, right. what, so what, when what did I, that look like? when I first went back, I
1: started as a substitute, as most people in education do to kind of really find where I wanted to be after taking, you know, tests and having to get my own tutors and kind of having to jump back into, you know, learning something. And so it was it. So I started out as a sub. And then finally, when I got my first like permanent, it was for first grade, you know, but I had in the substitute, you're able to kind of work with all different grades, but it was elementary was my focus. So it was either, um, preschool to sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And so I got to see all of them. I really enjoyed all of them. But then when I started with first grade, I was like, Oh, I love this, but every year is so different. Mm -hmm. And so I think I've had almost all grades now from preschool to sixth grade. I believe that I've worked with, with what I do and the specialty Mm -hmm. that I do. Um, and, I just think I have some years that are just incredible. But as anybody in education would say, we have waves. And, you know, some years we have more challenges than others. But I started out with the first grade.
0: Mm. Wow. But that's good, though, because so you didn't get so attached to just staying, though, with one grade. You wanted also that growth in yourself, too, to kind of challenge yourself like all the other grades as well. Absolutely. And I think that's why I love being, you know,
1: and what I'm doing is I have that availability. And it's just like every year I go into it, like, I don't know what grade I'm going to have. I have no idea what group of kids I'm going to have, but Mm. we're going to take care of it. We're going to get them where they need to be. And that's just what it is. Like, so let's, let's do it. And what are the size
0: ranges of your classes? Okay,
1: so what I do is I work with more of the small kids because I okay. do a lot of interventions with kids. So it's either push in or pull out support. So it can vary. Um, it can be, we try not to so much work one-on-one anymore, mm-hmm. but if a child needs. So it can be six kids, 12 kids. You know, it can be 21 kids. It can be, you know, mm-hmm. I need... Most of my kids to work on their own and work with. So the dynamic of what I do, it can change. Okay. Um, and it could change daily. And that's the beauty of mm. what I do is is you have to adapt because every day could
0: be so different. Yeah. And you and you were able to adapt, like, really well with that and, you know, help with right. that focus too. Like, was it more of a challenge in the beginning getting used to that different, routine and right. then working with those challenges or was it just something right, right. when you started you were uh, able to easily adapt to the way that it would look like that it could change daily like it's not right you know like okay, I have 30 students for the whole year. Right. This is my lesson plan type of thing like because it basically it changed for you daily mm-hmm. up till now right and every day
1: was a new day with you know our new challenges. But it, it's just been like, I I think with how I deal with it, because it's always like you have to forever adapt. And so it's almost like we just become very chameleon. Like I wouldn't say that it's easy as relative, right? Right. You know, so I think when you have your routines in place and the kids have finally, you know, they're about the routine, like it can seem easy to maybe an outsider looking in. But Mm -hmm. I think with education and students, that's relative. So yes, it's easy, but it's because I needed to make it easy because it was already going to be difficult enough with the challenges we we're going to face. So I would say easy, yes, but it's, I think the way that I approached it, but I wouldn't say in sense, anything we do in education is ever easy.
0: So you can't be fully prepared. You just have to you have to be prepared. That. Right. You can't be fully prepared. No. You know, there's, <laughs> yeah.
1: there's days that, you know, you can stick to the plans and, mm-hmm. you know, you're ahead of the game. And then the next day you could be put back, you know, two days. Mm-hmm. You just, you never know. And, you know, every day you just go in and you're like, we're going to win and we're going to do it and we're going to get it and we're going to do the best we can. And as yeah. long as we're doing the best we can, we, you know, we'll get it done
0: with how we need to get it done and figure it all out. Wow. Oh, such a great attitude too. And that, and that's good too. That shows like you, because of that, you know, unexpectedness, you're able to grasp onto that because not everybody could do that. You know, right. Not everybody has that mindset that no, like I want that consistent routine, but it's out of your control. So it takes the right type of person right. to be prepared for that. And right. so that's why it's so perfect right. that it is part of your calling because you're like, you're not scared. And it's something that you, yes, we're winning every day. And no matter what your, your goal is to serve them. So it doesn't matter how it looks like each day or how many students it is. You're prepared for the unexpected. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And what do you feel that has been the biggest lesson that you've learned in personal training and as an educator? To train them to not
1: need me. Ooh. So whether that's yes. an adult, mm. whether that's a child, I want them to be successful without me. So the goal is not to need me. Mm. The goal is for us to learn together, uh, me maybe present some tools maybe that you didn't know about, um, how to work through some things. But the same goal as a trainer, as a teacher is the same for me. I train them to not need me. So that
0: way they can do it on their own. Absolutely. Really be able even to just handle life on your own. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same lessons that with workouts, with a nutrition plan, with education and that focus. So then it's even for the parents too, that as you're teaching their children, it's also then they'll get to a place where, okay, once Mm -hmm. they're no longer with you, then and they have a different teacher or they get older, they can apply those same principles into their life by like, okay, this is amazing. This is what Lena has taught us. Now we need to apply it Mm -hmm. into our life and remember those key things that she taught us.
1: And it's amazing when you have that, your own kind of you know autonomy over whether that's a Mm -hmm. fitness goal or a personal goal, because then if you fail, you have nobody else to blame. Then the accountability Mm -hmm. is on you. Like, I'm here to provide you support, Mm
0: -hmm. teach
1: you, hold you accountable, but I'm not here to do the work. Right. And it's amazing what that autonomy can do for people who have recognized, like, I didn't even have that. So your fitness is up to you. I'm here to help guide you, motivate you, hold you accountable the same way with the kids. I'm here to help guide you and motivate you but it's up to you and how much effort you're going to put in will be the result of your outcome.
0: So that just goes hand in hand. Yes. Oh, that's great. That's a great thing that Mm -hmm. all of us need to learn to be accountable for ourselves and to not place that blame. So it's like, you can't be like, Oh, well, Lena didn't do this. No, she did. It's what are you doing to right. reach those goals? What are you not telling her as a client for fitness too? Like, are you doing the workouts that, right. you know, that she's providing for you? Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Are you not doing your homework? That's not a reflection on you. That's right. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's amazing what, when you have that ownership, yeah, that all of a sudden
1: you're like, Oh, I have <laughs> nobody to blame, but myself. So <laughs> Let me get my napkins up in gear and handle some business, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, we are in control of our lives. Right. We we have to be the ones that are like, we answer to ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And so when you were a personal trainer, how did you, I mean, especially anytime you start something that it's new, how did you get all your clients? Like, was it hard to get clients in the beginning or, you know, did you, did you cold call? Like how exactly did that work when you're starting up, you know, for new personal trainers? Like how do you get your clientele? So while
1: I was working for a gym, obviously the clientele comes in there and they had very, you know, strict policies. So I have always been a people person, just rapport, um, making sure when they left, they, you know, remembered that I listened to them, you know, somehow, some way just connected with them. And so actually I built most of my clientele because of my role in the gym after I left the gym. And it was just people that was just like, hey, where are you? And I'm like, hey, I'm doing this on my own. I'm going into, you know, education. And they're like, well, I want to follow you. So I think it was really just having that rapport with people Mm. and just connecting with people that that's how I got the clientele. And so my clientele has always been um, word of mouth. I have not cold call. Mm. Uh, So it's always been from I work with you. You've had a great experience. Somebody's talking to you and you're Mm. like, hey, I have somebody. So it's really just been through my connections with people and then how they've responded from after I've worked out with them. Or even like when I've tutored a kid, if they've seen results, Mm -hmm. like, hey, I know somebody if your kid's struggling in reading. So it's always been literally just people and just connecting with people and then them being like, hey, I have somebody for you Mm -hmm. when they hear, you know, one of their friends or families that need it. so. I've been fortunate enough to not necessarily do the cold calling because it's always been with education, like Mm. basically my passion, but a passion I did on the side. Mm. And so it's always been, you know, parents, I know parents have been like, Hey, do you work out? And I'd be like, yes, I do. And they're like, well, do you have a trainer or do you, you know, what did you do? And I'm like, well, let's talk. But obviously it's a conflict of interest while I'm on the clock. So Here's my number. Call me after this time. So it's always just been like face-to-face contact. Even if they didn't need me, they knew somebody Mm -hmm. that did.
0: Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. You already had these personal touches. And so it's just referrals by people you already built relationships with, which is a really amazing way like that. You didn't have to, you know, do that. The like cold calling, reach out to people, you know, even it's like forcefully like promoting yourself. Like it's, It just came to you. Right. And maybe that's also because it's part of your calling too. It's like these things, sometimes, you know, like when you're on that right path of what you're supposed to be doing and you feel it in your soul, it's like the universe, it works for you. Mm -hmm. So it's like it ties in together because that's part of your personality and your charm that you're that person. But it's also like it gravitates towards you because you are that person. Right.
1: Wow. When you say it like that, you know, (laughs) there's even times where like, I haven't been training people because it's just life gets busy. Mm -hmm. You know, life is just life. And you go through, you know, hardships, you go through where you're celebrating. And so there's been times where I wasn't training somebody. And there was still, like you said, like that calling, I've never been able to just kind of tuck it away. Mm -hmm. And then there's always somebody that's like, I need your help. And I'm like, It's time for me to show up. And so even like with this whole quarantine, like people now need us to show up, you know, and it's our job,
0: especially if this is what we're called to do, then we need to show up. But it's amazing because it's still important to you that you want to show up that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, anything that I can help that's in my control, that's what fuels me you know, me being able to help you or help somebody else just feel like they are able to just feel the way that they want. Like, to me, that's, that's the magic. You know, that's why when the kids light bulbs go off, like this time of the year, and they're finally like, getting it and everything comes together. Like, that's, that's my magic. Like, that's my like fuel that gets me through.
0: Yeah, it's because of you. <laughs> I know that. And how do you feel that your personal training has been different than other personal, trainer, personal trainers and educators? Because, I mean, I can tell there's a difference in how you are based on your personality and how I know you. But what do you feel your differences are? than other trainers and educators.
1: I think my difference with me is I always want to change things. I, you know, I believe in the textbooks, you know, Mm -hmm. why fix something that's not broken. So we have, you know, there's so many things we know that do work for you work for, you know, but to me I've always felt whether this is with students or clients, like the people that find me is because they've tried everything, they've educated themselves and for whatever the reason it's not working for them so the same way like a child may not you know has may learn differently from the majority i feel like even in fitness the people that it's not working but they know that they're doing everything right mm-hmm. and they're working really hard i think i come in and we kind of just okay let's unpack what you're doing let's figure out what's working what's not mm-hmm. and I want to find what works for you. And that might be all sorts of different, you know, avenues where, you know, what can we do for your health? You know, what can we do? Like I like to find out what you're doing. That's not working. Take that all apart and then find what's going to work best for you and your lifestyle. But in a very, this is for you, for whatever this, you know, whatever your goal is to heal, to, you know, I want to, body build or whatever that is so i think it's different because i'm always trying to learn and grow Mm -hmm. with a client and to see okay this isn't working all right let's try something else okay Mm -hmm. let's try something else let's try something else not that it's an experiment but we're Mm -hmm. experimenting together so it's breaking that apart of what's not working that works for the majority and finding Mm -hmm. out what's going to work for them so that they can just feel healthier at the end of
0: the day Oh, that's good though, too. So it's not just like this. Okay, do this routine for a year and hope that that works. It's like, okay, once you're doing something for a certain amount of time, like if you're, they're not seeing those results, you are like, okay, we do need to switch it up. Because Sometimes not all trainers or educators are like that, you know, and that mentality to switch things up. So it's good that you're able to help them see like, it's okay to switch things up or, you know, like Mm -hmm. when you hit certain peaks too, that, okay, you hit this peak. So I have to help you switch this area so you can still hit the goals that you want. So that, so it is realistic that we can still hit goals.
1: Right, right. So yeah. and that's what it is. We're all different. We're all yeah. made up different. Um, what can work for me doesn't work for you, right? You know, it works for you. It may not work for me. But from a textbook standpoint, it says mm-hmm. it should work for the both of us. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's fun to find like all these it's just always new.
0: And I'm just like, Okay, what can we do? This didn't work. Let's try something else. Yeah, forever student that you also yes. want to teach and share. And so because I know how important it fitness and being healthy is to you what exactly does your healthy fitness routine look like and you know meal planning like how does that look like uh, just so people can kind of get an understanding like from someone who's been in the industry for a long time right. what that looks like well from a health standpoint like it's very imperative of my
1: diet because of some health struggles that I have faced. And so my biggest health struggle has been Crohn's. And so learning how to work out for my body and where I don't feel fatigued or depleted. So that's been just an interesting journey for, you know, for me. But what that looks like is I drink celery juice now for the last couple of weeks. You know, this medical medium has gotten me just thinking on such a bigger atmosphere and I love it. Um, And then it's being consistent. So Mm -hmm. I think the hardest part for any of us is the discipline that goes into any goal we want. And so for me, it's just the consistency of I am going to work out five Mm -hmm. days a week or, you know, whatever that is for an hour. And granted, my exercises do not look the same every day. There's I will set it. I will do circuit training one day. The next day I'll be at the lake. So I'll focus on more of just like upper body. And so My thing for me so that I also feel good. And I also Mm -hmm. have paid attention enough to my body where I know what it needs. Mm -hmm. So I know that I need an hour of activity, like minimum for Mm -hmm. five days a week. Because that's when my mind feels its best. It's when my body feels its best. But I also think that's just also me learning my body and where Mm -hmm. I'm at and paying attention. And so that's been a hard part to, you know, us as women because our bodies go through so many different things at different times, even in the month, it's just paying attention. Mm -hmm. So knowing what types of workouts I need to do for where I'm at, you know, with my cycle in the month so that Mm -hmm. I can feel better from my workouts and not. So it's really just that understanding Mm -hmm. and me really trying to understand like, okay, this is what works for me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I try to eat as clean and healthy as I can you know, but I also allow myself a cheat day or a cheat weekend, and then I reset. And it's also learning how to reset without that guilt too, Mm -hmm. from all the work that you put in. But I would say the biggest thing hands down is the discipline. Mm -hmm. I look at about an hour a day for five days a week. um, And I make sure that I'm juicing in the morning and that doesn't replace any meal or anything. It's just in addition. And so, and just watching what I eat And how I eat it and that whole relationship Mm. with food, like you know what I mean? I just I feel that I now have an appreciation and a love for food that maybe I didn't even have,
0: Mm. you
1: know, a year ago. So I think that that's what it looks like for me. But I think Mm. it's gonna look different for every single body else, depending on you know, health issues, concerns, and where they want Mm -hmm. to be and what their goals look like. So this is what works for me. And this is what I do to make sure that I feel my
0: best. Yes. And, and also by, because of what happened in your diet too, I know that you decided to become vegan too, to help you with, you know, certain hardships. So how did you get yourself educated to even think to try that, you know, because Sometimes it's like, it's good because you're mm-hmm. always a student and you always are researching. But how did you even think like, why don't I try this? You know, I've had these pains or, mm-hmm. you know, having Crohn's, like, how did did somebody tell you? Did a doctor tell you? Or was this something you were like, I, I think that this will help me or just trial and error? Um,
1: well, I was diagnosed with Crohn's. I know because... Um... Our son was 10 months old when I was diagnosed and now he is 14. So I've had Crohn's for now 13 years. So I was diagnosed by a doctor after surgery, having a bowel restriction. So finding out that I had basically the lack of oxygen and blood supplying. So there's spots in my intestine that weren't working. So they had to cut them out, put them back together. So I had no idea what Crohn's was. I've never Mm -hmm. heard of Crohn's. I remember when I got the diagnosis in the doctor, um, she didn't make it sound alarming. So I think it was just her way. So I just didn't know. She was like, you have Crohn's. This is what you, you know, and I went the medication route for so long that I thought that that's what it was working. And then I got to a point where I was like, I don't want no more medication. And then my body had to go completely out of whack. So I'm like, how can I fix this and heal? From within, and so after that, um, I started paying attention to foods that were hurting my body. Mm. Then I started researching Crohn's a little bit more because three years after I was diagnosed, and my dad was diagnosed with Crohn's, and so mm. I just started re- researching, and I kept seeing plant-based diet,
0: mm.
1: plant-based diet, mm. and I am stubborn as a bull okay. when it comes to things. I'm a Taurus. And I was just like, I was raised with my Puerto Rican family, grew up on very specific food and meals. So when I would see plant-based diet, mm. I was like, oh, no, like that mm. just sounds terrible. Right. Like that, like, what do you mean? plant? Like, I don't want to just eat plants my whole life. Like, what, what does this diet even mean? So I really rejected what I was reading, like about it, because I was like, I had my own relationship with food at the time. Right, So I was like, I'll suffer, I'll suffer. And then it just got to a point about two and a half years ago where I got tired. I got mm-hmm. tired of how I felt. I got really tired of how I felt. Um, I wasn't feeling good for meat. We had already cut dairy out of our diet. And so I started immediately feeling better from the dairy. But I was like, I'm just not, my body's not responding and feeling good. Mm. And then I kind of had that, face you know in the dirt moment where I just had like a breaking point and I'm like no more Mm -hmm. so I just said I'm gonna try this like I'm gonna I researched more plant-based diets and what it meant and I'm like okay it's not that bad it's just basically you know no animals products and so I was like okay and then I had researched you know with the Crohn's and the eggs and so I was like okay so I'm going more to the vegan because it's harder mm-hmm. to break down and be like, no meat, no eggs, yeah. no dairy. So I was like, okay, well, vegan's the name. Everybody's on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to try this. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try this. But I know with my body, you need more. You know, to me, I've always needed about 40 days to see if something works. Okay. Um, yes. So I gave it a month and I tapered off of my meat. I did not do anything cold turkey so we started doing like meatless Mondays mm. and then we went to like meatless Monday, Tuesday. And then, so we tapered off of it. So my body wasn't like, Oh my gosh. And my cravings weren't horrible. Mm. And then I just started feeling better. You know, um, my mm. symptoms started being, you know, I was having less flare ups, you know, I went from having flare ups almost daily to now I'm like, okay, one month I didn't have a flare up like a whole month. And all yeah. I did was like, Change this. And so my body started responding and it started getting better and better and better. I started having less symptoms. And so I was like, huh. Okay, maybe this like this plant-based diet like has some truth to it when it comes to like I can heal my Mm -hmm. body. And I'm like, huh. So my goal was like, I had read these stories of people that had Crohn's that had gone in remission Mm -hmm. from going plant-based. So I was like, I haven't gone into remission for over 10 years Mm. because of my relationship with food. And all I have to do is change my diet and people are in remission.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. So I think I had like a a moment where I was like, you're fighting yourself. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So uh, after I had that and just really tried it and listened to my body and I was like, my body just responded so well like it just it responded really well and I was like now I'm at a point where I can never look back and it's been two and a half years because it doesn't mean I don't have setbacks Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that I don't have flare-ups but when you Mm -hmm. go from everyday flare-ups to three to four a year like that's a huge win yes that's a huge win and so it's one of those things that my body has responded really well Mm -hmm. And I, I, so it works for me because of my health issues. And so it works for me. I understand what works for me with Crohn's may not work for somebody else, but for me, my body has responded so well. I went Mm -hmm. from taking medication to after I became a vegan, I, my doctor stopped my thyroid pills. So I actually ended up stopping the medication I was on within the first year of being vegan. So I went completely holistic within the first year of changing what I put in my body. Wow. So that was
0: amazing in yeah. itself. That's such a that's a 360 mm-hmm. to based on the food you're eating, how much it can really affect your like your gut health and certain things that happen, like to turn your life around based right. on just changing this in, I mean, it is, it is a big way that you're changing, but the way you did it, it was good because you eased into it by, I like what you said that you did. Okay. I do this 30 to 40 days and you noticed a difference right away in how you were feeling and Mm -hmm. you weren't as tired and you weren't feeling those pains because I think that's something that a lot of people need to understand based on what we eat, it really does affect us. And there's now it's just, there's all these, you know, health issues that people are having, there's all these mysteries. And so sometimes we think like, oh, I want to eat this fast food. And I mean, definitely, we can treat ourselves. But the food that we consume can really either harm us in a bad way where there are those pains that we don't even realize how much more damage it can cause, or it can dramatically help us where the food is working for us. You know, Mm -hmm. it's working for us like as a team because we need food to survive, but how can it be consumed for us in a way that it doesn't hurt because it shouldn't be like that. We should be able to enjoy our food. We shouldn't be having a stomach ache every day. And that's why I do. I relate to you on that. That's why I became pescatarian because the meat was killing me. And I didn't know for 10 years that why was I having a stomach ache every day? And it was because I can't handle meat. And that's not everyone. Some people can handle meat you know, and not have any issues. But sometimes some of us have those issues. And if we don't try something different, we will have to be on medication. And that's just, if we can avoid that, you know, taking medication and go the holistic route where we can try to live a comfortable Great quality of life by at least trying something different, you know, having that open mind. You know, right. you were saying like, I was resisting this, you know, plant-based has been brought up to me. I'm <laughs> resisting this. But then right. one day it, it's true. You hit that trigger point where you're like, enough is enough. I'm tired of feeling this pain. I need to try something different. So it's like right. it's going to keep coming back to you unless you were ready to do it and because you realize you didn't want to live that way with medication no. and that's incredible you don't need it you don't need it anymore no. that's that's huge right that's huge. so it was worth it it's
1: definitely it's definitely worth it like i said it doesn't mean we don't have our fallbacks or setbacks mm-hmm. right but they're so minor and like i said you don't even remember like if i have to sit here and be like i had i think three or four like that's a that's a good thing yeah. you know if i have to sit here and think about mm how many flare ups I had versus
0: like, oh, it's just yesterday. Like, that's huge for me. Yeah, like huge. That's incredible. It's so good that you did that. And then and now it's been this long too. And did was it hard to because you were doing that. And so you have two kids and your wife. So was it a hard transition that because you were doing this, you know, when we're with our families, sometimes we eat. Similar. Mm -hmm. So, when so when you made this decision, was it hard for your family to adapt? How did that look like when you made this decision? Was it like, you know, I'm making this decision, but I'll cook differently for the rest Mm -hmm. of you? How did that look as you were transitioning Mm. to this plant based diet for the rest of your family? Right. I went to my wife, and uh, she knew how I was feeling, and
1: so I just told her, like, I'm tired. meat, chicken, now fish is hurting me and I want to try and go vegan and cut eggs out and cut anything that comes from it. And she's like, I'll do it with you. You know, she was never Mm -hmm. a big seafood eater. So Mm -hmm. that was really easy. She doesn't do dairy and she was never a big meat eater. So she's like, I'll run with you. So she ended up being my running partner to support, you know, me, which was amazing. And it was a help when you have a running Mm -hmm. partner that is just supportive, even on your bad days, they lift you up. So I think that's important. Mm. You know, if it's not going to be like a spouse or a significant other, Mm. to find somebody that could be a running mate with you, Mm. that can hold you up when you can't hold yourself up and vice versa. I think that's really important, especially when you're thinking lifestyle change. Like I'm not thinking temporary. I'm thinking if this works, this is going to be a lifestyle change. Right. So and that could be a big deal. And she was, mm-hmm. she was all in. She was like, let's go. She's been feeling amazing. And so initially with the kids, um, I started making meals for us and then meals for the kids. I think that lasted two weeks. Cause I was like, I was like, this is no, like, I can't do this. This is too much work. You know, cooking is too long. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't happening. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I told the kids and I said, You know, I'm going to be, we're going to be changing how we eat in this household. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be cooking vegan meals now. Um, This is all going to be brand new. Some are going to be terrible. Some are going to be good. All in between. But I told them like, now if you want something, you're going to have to cook it yourself Mm. or you're going to eat what I eat. And then when we go out, like you can choose, like you don't have to be a vegan. Right. Right. But when I cook, I'm going to cook vegan meals. You, will, you can either eat the meals I provide or you need mm-hmm. to make your own dinner. We would put grocery list. We would always ask the kids before we went to the grocery store, what can we get you to eat? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it really helped with them being self-sufficient as well. And they ended up, they like most of the meals. They don't like all of them. And at home, they eat as vegan. Um, okay. But when they go out, you know, they if they want to have meat or dairy or, you know, seafood, they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so minimal that I'm like, to me, I think their bodies are going to respond. So everybody really adapted well. Yeah. And so now it's like a vegan household. And now it's gotten our son, you know, making his own breakfast and YouTubing how to make, you know, different meals. And so it actually got them, you know, more independent in the sense, Mm -hmm. which turned out really well. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I tried for two weeks and I was like, no,
0: no, no, no. This (laughs) isn't a buffet. I can't can't do this. I can't take your, you know, meat and seafood orders. Yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. And so it's nice that, you know, you were trying to, you were trying to do that, but then it's also, they're old enough, they can cook for themselves, they can learn. And so if they weren't going to be eating what you were providing and making that you did tell them you can learn, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's amazing that they were, they were probably also seeing good results too, by eating that way and learning that. It's not as bad as it sounds like plant-based vegan, especially now there are so many more amazing options. Like, it's like, you don't have to feel like, Oh, plant-based. What am I? I'm eating a plant. You know, like you said, it's like, wow, they have beyond impossible burgers now. And it's like, there's 20 grams of protein and it tastes amazing. You think. You, taste, you can think like it tastes like real mm-hmm. meat, but it's not. But it, you're actually getting more nutrients by eating that plant-based burger than you would be eating a real meaty burger. Right. So it's amazing that they ended up responding in a positive way because sometimes, you know, not everyone does. And so it's great because also that, you know, first that your wife was on board because you're right. We do need that, you know, that support, especially if that's someone that, we're living with and creating a life together, because like True. you said, it's a lifestyle change. And sometimes that's hard for people if it's like, oh, I don't want to eat that way. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we have to do separate meals, which that can work for some, you know, households. But mm-hmm. I agree with you. It, that's hard that's hard if it's you know if there can't be that consistency where you know especially when you're focused on eating as a family together so it's nice when it can be the same thing that you're eating and that everyone feels better by it and then but you're all like wait your kids are like this is actually great you were you were right mom (laughs) You told me so, and you were right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It was a very good time
1: to become vegan. Like, there yeah. is so many, especially San Diego. Like, yes. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's, you know, now you don't even, it's like, would you like a regular menu or a vegan <laughs> menu when you go? So it's just, I think it was an amazing mm-hmm. time to do it. Mm-hmm. There's so many amazing restaurants around us yes. that have, like, vegan options that we weren't even aware of. You know, and, yeah, even after two and a half years, we're still finding new meals. And I feel like that transition that we chose to make, we did make it in like the prime time (laughs) of what there is,
0: you know, out there for us. Yeah. Because now there's so many, options. so many options. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's amazing because you paid attention to what your body needed. And then it ended up being such a positive domino effect that you were able to help your family in a positive way too, because By figuring that out now, you know, like it could help them, it could help prevent them from having issues. Not that, you know, they would have, but it it helps, you know, in your Mm -hmm. childhood to have that. You know, I don't know if you ever do this, like look back in your childhood, like I wish I would have been more educated. You know, my, I, I love, I love my mother And, but she didn't cook healthy for us, you know, growing up and she didn't under, you know, they didn't, it was such a different time. They didn't necessarily know like pescatarian or, you know, she's Filipino. So it's like the food, Filipinos don't eat healthy, you know, it's very like meaty and just, it's bad. And it's like, if we could be more educated and educate children now on healthier ways and that it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to sound like it's disgusting or painful because there are exciting ways to eat healthy with delicious ingredients and it, and you don't have to be in pain. Right. So it's nice that we do have those resources now that maybe before vegans didn't have, like maybe it was different. Maybe you might've had to eat a few bananas if you could, if you were on the go or, you know, things like that. So it is, it is really, like you said, this is a good time to be vegan and to try different uh, ways to be healthier. Yeah, Yeah. agreed. Agreed. It definitely is a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that personal development is also very important to you. So when did that start becoming important and having a positive mindset? Did you always have a positive mindset since you were little? Like how did personal development and being a positive person, when did that start for you in your life? Because you are a positive influence. Right. You know? I think for myself, it started very young because I was a very
1: sickly child. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like the odds were against me from the beginning. So I felt like I had to be my biggest motivator because, you know, your family wants to be there to help, but your mother is like nurturing at that time. They're very, she's very worried. So you see like the worry on, you know, your mother's face or, Mm. you know, because you are a sickly kid. So it's almost just like when you see how people looked at you because you were sick, it's like, I felt like I had to be my positivity. Mm -hmm. I had to be, That person for myself. So I think that started really young for me. The personal growth and development really hit me when I turned 30. I was working in the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, The position I was in was very was sales. Like gyms are very sales, whether it's fitness sales, whatever. And so they had actually introduced me and started uh, sending me to personal growth and development. You know, to be in sales and the fitness Mm -hmm. for the sales aspect. And so even though like it was for the sales perp, like that's why we went, Mm. I just was like, I can use this with so much other things. And I just, it was one of those things that you're like, yep, I want more.
0: Yes. You know, I went to my
1: first, you know, where this mentor came in and was training us. And, you know, all of a sudden he had stacks of books on the tables that he was recommended. And I was like, I want all of them. It was just like one of those things that you just, I wanted more. And it Mm. was just like, so I think it was like my early thirties where it was like, mm-hmm. I had all, I was like, I just want more. And it was like, after I read one book, I was like, I want to read another one. And yes. it just like blew my mind because you always feel like mm-hmm. you have a pull towards something, but you don't know necessarily what it was. And it was just like, that, that was my sweet spot because yes. I have always been, and always will be a learner and always want to learn from like somebody. So to have these things where I can learn how to be a better person, mm-hmm. like, Let's go like, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So that's when that journey started was my early 30s. And I'm really grateful for the corporation that I worked at that felt Mm -hmm. that it was important for their managers to have, you know, personal growth and development.
0: My managers
1: were like, we're reading a book a week, we're reading a book a month, and we're coming together and we're talking about it. And so that's when I was like introduced mm-hmm. and I just, I, I was like, I can't look back. Yeah. You know, you can't look back. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a better human. Yes. So I was like, no. So that's, that's when that started for me was, you know, early thirties for sure.
0: Okay. See, and that's such a good thing too, because, because you love to learn and you love to have that healthy lifestyle. You also want that for your mindset. Like you want that, you know, to feed your mindset, good things and to teach yourself good things. So it's amazing that that's in corporate America, they, they did bring you Mm -hmm. some really good things that you still practice to this day and that it also helps you too, like with how you are in your life. And then you continue to attract people like that because I know you and I have, you know, discussed certain people that we love to listen to broadcasters and certain books. Like we both love Jen Sincero. Yes. And so I think that's another great thing too, is like because you were around people that also wanted to grow and they were helping you grow that you also continue to attract that into where you are in your life now. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, so thank it's just, you. you're welcome. it's just, it's incredible. And, um, because you do have a positive mindset and do a lot of growth, and we're, you know, this has been a hard transition with the pandemic since this is really, you know, the first time that this has happened with our generation. So how has the quarantine stay-at-home order, like how did that affect you with teaching and mm. you know, and with your mindset? I mean, the good thing is things are starting to open now, but you know, it's been this past two months. So what has helped you, you know, with your mindset and and just during this time? Wow. Um, well, I felt right before this, you know,
1: even happened, and I don't think any of us will ever forget that date because it's just going to be ingrained. And it was March thirteenth. It was a Friday the thirteenth, um, where everything just stopped. And so I felt that as well as I have been. And I felt before that day I was probably in the best space mentally, emotionally you know, even physically. And then when everything had stopped, um, I was a mess for the first two weeks. Like I, all I can really do was literally Netflix. Like I was waking up early, still trying to stay in a routine, Mm -hmm. but everything in that moment, like stopped and to actually sit there and reflect everything that happened you know, and really felt like, oh my gosh, you know, especially because of what I do, I had to realize I had to go through a grieving process, you know, because it was really traumatic for me. So even as well as I am, like this hit me in an emotional place that I don't think that I recognize could even happen. Or Mm -hmm. I felt like I was even as prepared as I was, I felt so unprepared because now I can't use any of the tools. Like I am no longer practicing what I preach. Like I just felt like a, at a whole standstill. So I remembered what gets me out of these places. What mm-hmm. does that? And it's the same answer every single mm-hmm. time. Fitness, exercise start exercising even if it's just walking and so i really had to go back and reset to ground zero and be like in your saddest of times in your you know what what made you happy and i really had to like dive really deep into my own soul and what i was like okay my purpose every day just shut down i know i need to be in a position to help and then it's just like lena this always helps you. This is a time that when this is all done, look at how you can serve people with your fitness and health. So I started looking at couples workouts mm-hmm. and um, started working out with my wife again. And so what got me out of this yet again, when I have to reset and really got, you know, where I had to sit down and reevaluate and go through a grieving process was, Exercise. And I'm not saying exercise for everybody looks so different. So it's what it looked like to me. Mm -hmm. So I really had to start at step one. And I'm like, well, this can give me purpose if I can get myself into these books, start educating myself, jump back into fitness. I have my purpose again. So that really helped me come out of that dark place that quarantine put me in mm-hmm. because of having to go through all those cycles of emotions that I haven't had to deal with in a little while. Yeah. And so here I am again, what has helped me on the four, you know, front of everything is me putting me first in a healthy way, mm-hmm. meaning let's exercise. And, and it was hard. You know, there's days I only can exercise for 15 minutes. hmm. But I was like, I did it for 15 minutes. You know, there's times I was like, after a set, you know, of weights, of weight training, I would just cry. And it was even though I cried and it was really hard, I was able to work my way out of a place that I felt was really dark. Mm. And how did I do that? With some sort of exercise,
0: fitness, resetting. Yes. And so that's what pulled me back. And it's probably also because of the endorphins that you get from fitness. That's-, that's why it probably it, it also speaks to your soul mm-hmm. because it just automatically after even if it is though that 15 minutes, it just puts you in that better mood or right. that physical activity. And I, I still relate to you on that. Like, I don't I don't know what I'd be without being able to exercise, you know, because it just, it does, it puts you in a better mood, especially during that hard time. And we need that. It's like, we need that thing to look forward to, even though we don't know exactly how our days will look during this. At least the one thing we can have control over if we have, you know, we have our lights, you know, utilize what we have in that positive way. And so I, I love that you, you, it's still tied back in. It was fitness. That's still your passion. It's like, hello, Lena, use me. (laughs) Hello. Right. Like Like, I'm,
1: I'm here. Right. You know? And it's like, I just needed that refresher and that Mm -hmm. reminder. And there's, you know, now I can sit back and recognize how many beautiful things I can take with me. And it's like, right now I feel like I'm in the mindset of I'm training myself for when this is all over. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, you know, I'm going to put my mindset in where I am going to educate myself, I am going to learn. And so I have different things to fall back on. Because when this quarantine is all said and done, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to be able to run that race I set for myself, not the race of anybody else, but I'm going to be prepared to go. And I'm going to be like, I got this, I took care of, you know, Mm -hmm. I fell down, I needed to reset, it was really hard. And even though, you know, 90% was so positive, that 10% held me back in a couple of ways that I'm like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. And like Mm -hmm. you said, what did that, it tied me right back into that exercise, that fitness. And you know what? There's other people out there. I'm like, you know what? If I can use my voice to help somebody and just teach somebody and help them, Mm -hmm. then I'm not missing so much of not being with my kids because to me, it's not necessarily an age thing. Mm -hmm. It's the purpose
0: of being able to help. Yes. And that's exactly what you do. So, yes. And what advice would you give to those that are just starting out that want to become a personal trainer or those that want to get into education? What advice would you give to those listeners?
1: To always be a learner themselves. I have worked out with many of trainers I still talk to many of trainers. I learn from them. I research myself. I think that if you are thinking of education or training, that's a position of it's a passion-driven, you know, career. I would say that it's, that it's hard, but it's fulfilling. And just do it, you know what I mean? Even if you don't know how to do something, just start and figure it out as you go. And just be compassionate with yourself. Know it's not going to be easy. Know that you're, you know, the biggest thing for me is just know that you have to be a forever learner. Mm-hmm. In some capacity, whether that's books, whether, you know, whatever that is, whether it's taking classes, whatever works for you, just be in a mindset that you always want to learn. So that's that would great. be my
0: advice. Yes, that's great advice. And that applies to all of you you know, no matter what industry you're in, she's right. We should always be wanting to learn because we don't know what we don't know and we don't know everything. So we should always have an open mind to learn because that will just make ourselves feel better to learn things that we don't know. And Lena, one more thing, um, is there a way that if there are people that want to reach out to you that have certain fitness goals or questions or teaching questions, is there a way can is there a way they could email you or is there a platform that they can get a hold of you that you'd want to promote? Absolutely, um,
1: you know, definitely. I'm on social media um, right now. Unfortunate because of the climate, I have set my settings to privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you message me. Um, it's Lena Christine Castellano, and my email is lena christine castellano at gmail. So um, I know that's a long name. I know if anybody gets a hold of you, you can help them out. So mm-hmm. it's very easy to find me on all platforms. And you know, if I don't know the answer to your question, just know that I will always with you know whoever that is we will figure that out together like if i don't know something i'm gonna find somebody that either does you know or we're gonna look into it and figure it out together so i definitely don't have all the knowledge i don't ever want to feel like i have all the knowledge but if i can help in any capacity i'm here to help and i'm here to learn with them and even if we learn something new together like great
0: you know, bring it on, like, let's go and let's just keep learning together. I love that. Thank you so much, Lena, for being on the show. Like you, you're so important to me. And so I'm so happy, you know, with all the knowledge that you have that, you know, you were able to be here to provide that for everybody and just for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Lena. Well,
1: thank you for having me. You know that I love you so much and anytime or any, any way that I can help out you got
0: it. Thank you so much for joining me on the design your happiness podcast. I appreciate you for listening and I hope you feel inspired. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your loved ones. I hope you have a beautiful day and get excited to design your happiness.